Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Hey, welcome back to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. This is podcast number 18. Can you believe it? Got a great topic for you today. It's called, it's on how to be grateful when life is hard. We have these challenging situations in our lives. We have transitions in our lives. We have times when it's really hard to see the good stuff that's going on in our lives. Today, I'm gonna give you five tips Actually, seven reasons why you should practice what I call the daily five and five, creating a gratitude list every day. I'm going to talk about that and five keys to create, to successfully creating this list. So I got a couple questions I want to address before I jump into the content. Um, from listeners like you. So please keep sending those. Those are great. Um, But in fact, let me go ahead and tell you something too that is important to know before I go to those questions. I'm going to take off the month of December 2020, wrapping out the year to create a mini course that I'm super excited about. I'm getting a lot of requests from companies and people to develop content on mental health and stress and relationships related to mental health and stress. And so this course I'm gonna focus on creating through the month of December. It's gonna be called probably the Be Prepared course. And it's gonna be what I want clients to actually, people that engage in coaching with Decide Your Legacy to go through prior to starting and in the midst of starting. And what I want and give to give to companies that are trying to help their employees. So be on the lookout for that. Really super excited about it. Um, gonna launch in January if all goes according to plan. And uh, yeah, definitely reason to sign up for the email list here for decideyourlegacy.com to keep informed and tell your friends and everybody about that. So two questions. Um, one, helping this question from a listener. What do I do to help a coworker who is having some significant struggles? And the struggles they're referring to relate to alcoholism, but mental health issues. And by the way, about 20% of people that have a mental health issue also struggle with a substance abuse, substance use disorder as well. So, and in this specific case, the coworker that they're descri- describing has messed up. So they have actually started drinking again. So how do you help them? Well, first of all, be accepting. They they feel shame. They feel, even though they it may not be something they're showing, they, they probably feel horrible about their lives and about what they've done. And so you just being a friend, accepting them and breathing in hope to their lives, like, it, you know, it's no time better than now to start working on things, you know, things, because they're probably used to judgment, but if you can be, if you can be loving and, and very supportive, I mean, that sounds like a simple thing and really it kind of is but it actually is kind of hard because because usually when somebody admits often when they they admit a struggle that they have they get more shame like well what are you going to do about it you know so how are you going to change okay get back on the wagon whatever but if you can show true acceptance that's going to really speak volumes to them and give them a great deal of hope second question what advice do you have for handling anxiety in the midst of covid okay so get that quite a bit 
And first of all, you're feeding, and I've mentioned this before in a previous podcast and many previous podcasts, so go back to even the very first one on anxiety. And I'll talk about this and talk about this in depth. But anxiety that we have, it feeds off of three things. First of all, ambiguity, fuzziness. We don't have, we haven't clearly defined the problem. So first of all, define the problem. And this person actually has. Their problem is they have anxiety based on COVID. So it could be related to their job, the economy getting COVID, their family getting COVID, what to do if they got COVID, all that. So the second thing that feeds anxiety is really worst outcome focus. So what is the absolute worst outcome? Rather than focusing on the worst outcome, focus on the most likely outcome or the best outcome. How could you actually handle it if you did get COVID, if the economy did go bad, that sort of thing. And then the second, the third thing is avoidance. We we feed our anxiety by avoiding facing it. This person is actually starting to face it because they asked the question. They're facing the situation. What do you, all, you can also clearly try and focus on what you can and what you do have some influence over related to COVID. So you could make a list and say, well, here's what I can do. You know, I can save money. I can be safe. I can wear a mask. I can avoid big crowded places. Here's what you cannot influence. And it really is, well, my kids are going to be exposed potentially because they go to school, but hopefully they're wearing a mask and all that. Or you can't control necessarily what other people do and other people's perspectives. So there you go. That's something you can do to face and to deal with the anxiety related to COVID. So I'm Adam Gregg. Hopefully, I don't think I actually mentioned that already, but I'm a family therapist, a life coach, been in the mental health profession for over 20 years. And my personal life purpose is to help people find transformational clarity and overcome their biggest fears. Find the kind of clarity that propels them forward to face those things they've probably been putting off and avoiding. Real clarity does that. You get these moments where like, this is what I gotta do. This is the direction I gotta head in. That's my hope for you as you listen. I talk about subjects that I struggle with myself, like this one, how to be grateful when life is hard, absolutely something I struggle with myself. And I like to talk about things in a way where you could describe it to a six-year-old and they would understand as well. So that's my goal as I speak. How can I communicate in a way that's simple and applicable, something you can apply right away? This is such an important topic, how to be grateful when life is hard. Life is hard right now for a lot of people. I know people out there that have it much worse than myself, and I feel like sometimes I have it pretty bad, actually, which is crazy because I don't, but it's so easy to get negative, and I can do that so easily. It was just this morning on the way, driving out to record this podcast. It's cold outside in Wichita, and I was thinking, man, why do I live here? You know, it was me just being negative. You know, why do I live here? Why do I want to live here? It's 25 stinking degrees in the morning and it's it's brutal, you know? So let's find a new place to live. That was kind of my mindset. And then even before that though, I was really negative about my day. Like I got this and this and this and how am I gonna enjoy this? And it's gonna be such a brutal day and this all this stuff was negative. I sat down and I tried to intentionally cultivate some gratitude. And one thing that came to me was last night, I had this great experience with my daughter and her friend. We went swimming. Actually, I took them swimming. They hung out and swam, I worked out. And on the way back from swimming, her friend was saying, that these swim adventures are some of her best memories. In fact, I asked him, I said, what are some of your best memories over the last five years? And that was what she mentioned. Well, even she said the drive back from swimming as we laughed in the car, and sometimes we'd go get ice cream or go out to eat or whatever. And I thought, man, you know, that's something very small. 
at least to me, but significant that happened and that we have a lot of experiences with my daughter and I and her friend and that I have to be grateful for, really positive experiences. So here's what you want to do. To cultivate some gratitude in your life, I call this my daily five and five. And what that means is every day in the morning, preferably, you're going to write down five things that happened the day before for which you're grateful. Five things that happened that were positive in your life. And then you're going to write down five things during the day ahead that you're excited about. You're excited about these things happening. You're looking forward to it. If you don't have five things, well, then you're going to have to plan some things that are fun in your life. So you're going to pop it in there into your schedule so you have those things to actually look forward to. The reason you want to do this is is because this practice, although it can be hard, it's going to start to overpower the negativity, overpower those neural pathways that are negative, which means a thinking pattern, a a habitual thinking pattern, a pattern of neurons, connections of neurons that are either positive or negative or neutral, you're gonna start to rise above those things and overpower them so you can create some change in your life. It all starts with perspective. Love this quote from Albert Einstein. Gratitude, there are only two ways to live your life. One is though nothing is a miracle, the other is though everything is a miracle. One is though nothing is a miracle, the other is though everything is a miracle. Benjamin Disraeli, nurture your mind with great thoughts, for you will never go higher than what you think. You'll never go higher than what you think, and that's one of the few things in life that you have some influence and direct control over is your perspective, what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on consistently. So here's seven reasons why you should practice the daily five and five. Seven, hopefully very convincing things, convincing reasons. So number one, practicing the daily five and five makes you a critical thinker about the good stuff. So even if yesterday was horrible or this morning is cold or everything went wrong in your life, you're going to start to shift and see that I can identify and become a critical thinker about those things in my life that I may have crowded out with negativity that actually were really good. Something can be very basic, like you, for me, I mean, my daughter and her friend swimming, or it could be something significant, like you got a raise, very obvious kind of stuff as well. But it makes you a critical thinker about those little things in your life as you practice it. Number two, you'll be much more fun to be around because you're gonna start to notice these positive things and those things are gonna come out in your interactions. People are gonna recognize in you a shift because you're starting to see the potential and the hope in every situation versus the fear and the negativity in every situation. You'll start to engage in a different way. It's just gonna change your whole demeanor when you're more positive. Definitely changes everything about a person when they become more of an optimist, optimistic person. Number three, it's gonna help you to find ways to encourage other people because as you practice this, you're gonna notice things in your life that are really positive and good and be able to point those things out in other people as you go. So, I mean, one of my positive things this morning was recognizing a specific neighbor that I have that tends to be often encouraging. 
And that inspired me to share with this neighbor that, hey, I really appreciate that about you. I really appreciate how you're always offering. In fact, I have this one neighbor. She's Whenever she goes to Chick-fil-A or Starbucks or anywhere, she pretty much always offers to get me something. And I'm like, well, in fact, I took her up on it for the first time about a week and a half ago. And as I think about that, it's something I could have crowded out and not even recognized, but this person has made an effort consistently to reach out, and I'm very grateful for that. So I want to point that out and have tried to point that out in her life as well. So you become more encouraging of other people. Number four is that it keeps fear from taking over. And so there's these two cycles that we have in our life. One is called the hope or the faith cycle. And hope and faith, they do one very specific thing. They recognize in our environment, and that's in fact their job is to recognize in our environment the good things, the positive things, the potential. What good could come out of this situation? What's the potential opportunity here in this situation? And it keeps us behaviorally, it shows us, it makes us open. Open towards the world, open towards people, open towards what might happen. Now, fear is the hope and the faith cycle's enemy. Fear recognizes, and really legitimate fear is a good thing because it sees that there's a potential danger like a dog or a person with a knife or a mean dog, I should say, you know, like a a dog that's going to bite you or, you know, a cliff. I was hiking with my daughter, yes, near a cliff in Kansas over this last weekend, not too far away, Canopolis State Reservoir or State Park, and there was a 30-foot cliff there. And so as she got closer to that cliff, fear took over in me, or as my dog got closer to that cliff, fear took over. And that's not that's a legitimate fear. We don't want to fall off a 30-foot cliff, but this fear of things that could happen that probably aren't going to happen, well, that's anxiety. That's very different. So as we practice gratitude, fear, fear recognizes what could go wrong, or anxiety recognizes what could go wrong, and then it keeps us guarded and closed. It doesn't it closes us to new opportunities because why would we want to engage this new opportunity if we could get hurt again? So so this whole practice of gratitude, the daily five and five, keeps fear from taking over. It overpowers the fear or the bad stuff, the anxiety. It overpowers the anxiety and it keeps you recognizing the hope and the potential and the opportunity. Number five, as you do the daily five and five, you can reflect on these entries for years. So as I journal, and I've journaled since my late teens, since actually I was 19, I have journals I can go back and look at and, and reflect on and say, hey, this was a good thing in my life back then. And this is something I could even reproduce now. So it makes you actually, inspires you to see the potential for positivity in your life now because you can reflect on it in the past. Really positive thing. Number six, your overall stress level will decrease. I've talked about that with cortisol levels and increased heart rate. You know, all these things we can overpower and decrease through breathing and meditation and prayer and mindfulness and faith and all this. And we can just practice certain things like gratitude that actually does decrease those stress hormones. And we know that. We can see it. We know through brain scans and imaging and all that that this actually works. This stuff actually works. Believe it or not, we can prove it now. So it'll decrease your overall stress level. And stress is the majority of the cause, believe it or not, in mental and physical health issues. Finding ways to slow our mind down by focusing on gratitude is extremely helpful. So, And then the seventh reason, which people don't often think about, is though when we're more optimistic, when we see the good things in our lives, we actually become more creative. 
we solve problems better because all that energy that we were using to actually you know, solve a problem that's not actually gonna happen by focusing on the negative stuff in our lives is going towards solutions for positive stuff, for good stuff. So you're pushing aside all this negativity so you can focus on these things at hand. So the next actual, man, the next month, I'm gonna have to really put a lot of energy towards creating this course that I'm working on. And even mentioning it on this podcast kind of gives me the chills because that makes a level of accountability that I don't necessarily wanna have. For you, my listeners, you know, I have to actually create this thing and put energy into this thing. I don't really want to because I know it's going to cause some stress in my life and really some not necessarily bad stress, but that's a negative view and negative thought in itself, in itself because I don't really, you know, it's stuff I already know I talk about. I just have to put it in a course format. So even that's like, well, I have this stuff. So that's moving away from the negativity towards the hope that I can create this product that can be helpful to so many people and companies. And I have companies, you know, with hundreds and even thousands of employees interested in pro- in a product like this. So I have an opportunity ahead of me that I can, if I see that, okay, this is great. But as I become more positive and reflect on the five positive things from yesterday, I become more creative. I see the opportunity. It's a wonderful thing. And I got to focus on that as well. So a uh, quote from Aristotle, happiness depends on ourselves, on ourselves, on what are we engaging How are we engaging the positive stuff? How are we engaging the positive stuff? I love John Wooden as well. Things turn out best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. We can shift our circumstances and actually shift towards things that are good in our lives. So here's five keys to success with the daily five and five. If you're gonna do this thing consistently, which as I've mentioned, this is something I challenge every one of my clients, and that may be an exaggeration because some of my clients may be listening and saying, well, he didn't challenge me to do that, and maybe you were a client from years ago, I don't know, but I like to think that I do challenge all of my most recent last couple years clients, but maybe I've missed a few. If I have, well, please practice this because this is something that I challenge clients, I wanna challenge clients to do the very first session and then to practice for the very first week of coaching really hopefully the very first two weeks of coaching so they can see that it actually works and that it will actually help them. So what do you wanna do? Five keys to success with the daily five and five. And these may seem kind of overwhelming, but they're crucial. First of all, be specific. Be specific with the details. So you're actually not just writing down something like, you know, went out to dinner, but you're writing down what you actually had at dinner and how good it was and how enjoyable the experience was. So for example, for me, one of my five and fives yesterday was I went on a hike out of town, as I mentioned, then we went to a smaller town and had dinner at this Italian restaurant. My daughter saw it called Martinelli's in Salina, Kansas, and she just saw it on the side. It was downtown and it said, it said, uh, I don't know what it said on there, but Little Italy or something like that. So we went there because we both like Italian food. And it was great food, honestly. I think they had something special in the spaghetti sauce. I always get the meat sauce at an Italian restaurant I've never been to before. I want to know if it's a good rest Italian restaurant. That tells me a lot about an Italian restaurant to me. And it was very, very good. In fact, we didn't share our food with each other. We like just gobbled it all up really fast. She got cheese ravioli. But she commented on the sauce as well. And I don't know if this is a famous restaurant or whatever, although one of my neighbors in Wichita knew about this place, so I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. But the detail of that is very important as I reflect on this positive experience. So when I look back at my journal entries from you know, the 28th of November, 2020, 
that'll be an experience I can remember about something that me and my daughter actually did together. Very fun, and we've talked about it like five times since then, how good the sauce was and how good the food was. So really fun, positive. So write down, be specific, and actually list the details of whatever it is that was so positive and good in your life. So number two is, okay, you don't have to limit it to five. And the thing about this is, at first, this may take you 15 minutes to create your daily five and five. You may even take 30 minutes because you haven't trained your mind to go there and to see the exciting things and positive things. But eventually, you'll list more than five. Like this morning, I listed actually six things I'm excited about. Kind of cool. And I listed, well, how many? Five things that were positive, but I could have listed more. And that's always fun to do more. You can do that. So you list as many as you possibly can, potentially, um, if you want, but just start with five. And you can even start with three if you really struggle, but I'd really encourage you to have five because it's gonna prove to you that you can do this. You can really get five things down and it actually, you have more things that are going right in your life than you realize. Number three is you can cheat if needed. You can have the same, in fact, by cheating is you can have the same positive thing multiple days in a row. That's fine. You know, if you enjoy every day having lunch with a coworker, you enjoy packing lunch and bringing it and having that 30-minute lunch break at 11.30 every day, well, you can write that down every day. You know, because that's a positive part of your life. In fact, you've built some habits into your life that you have this thing to look forward to because you read a book and you listen to a podcast and you go on a walk over lunch every single day. Or every single day, you end up calling your wife and you talk about the things that have happened that morning and that's something you look forward to every day. That's fine. It really isn't cheating, but you can consider it cheating if you want because it's the same thing every day. You're going back and having the same positive experiences. But I find that most people that do this over time end up doing that sometimes because sometimes they have one specific positive aspect of their life that they're enjoying and looking forward to. One of my buddies, who is actually my same age, believe it or not, um, went to college with him, college fraternity brother. He just had a son, you know, at 46, kind of cool. And I just was texting with him yesterday and how's it going? And with a newborn, you know, it could have been like, I mean, stressful. And he did share that the first two weeks of having a newborn was kind of stressful. And it's not his first child, but then he shared that some things have leveled out and how excited and encouraged he is and all that stuff. And then we planned to get together over over a, a video conference call with another fraternity brother as well. And so that was really encouraging to wake up even to that text this morning. But it was something that for him, he may put down having this newborn, you know, there might be all kinds of things that make his daily five and five related to that over and over again over the next few months or even the next year. I don't know. But so the, the fourth thing that I think is absolutely crucial, and this is my journal right here, because I'm a handwritten journal guy, is to write it down or type it out. So you have the ability to look at it physically on paper or in typewritten form and reflect upon it. But it's documented and it's it's even archived because you have a record of it. Crucial when you do this. Don't just write it on a napkin and throw it away. Don't just write it on a piece of paper and not be able to find that or reference it in the future. You want some way to look at it. And there's something psychologically that happens when we look at something written down. It becomes a little more concrete, a little more permanent, a little more significant. I try to do this sometimes in my head, in the shower, or on a walk, and that's a very positive thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just going over some gratitude in my life. But it's 
first of all, more difficult to do it that way for me than having this list that I'm creating. And second of all, not nearly as powerful. I mean, it still is powerful, but not nearly as powerful as actually having it in written form. Some more concrete. And the fifth thing is be grateful. And I this is a challenging thing for people, but do this first thing in the day. So make sure this is the very first, if not the very first, but one of the very first activities that you engage in during the day. And by the way, um, I'm gonna reference an article that links to a worksheet, the Daily 5 and 5 worksheet. It's a fillable PDF worksheet that you can use to write out your Daily 5 and 5. It's a journal worksheet. And so people can save these, they can date them, they can, it's an electronic format, but you can use this again and again and reproduce it. And then all these points, these seven reasons, success, seven reasons to do the Daily 5 and 5 and five reason, and five uh, keys to success with the Daily 5 and 5 are listed in that as well. So, um, so in that final thing, you know, do it first thing in the day. So you start your day off that well, that way you can do it at night. There's no rule against that. I just find that that's the most helpful time of day because it gets you on the right track, gets you really on the right track. And that's really fun, exciting, great thing to do. So, um, try the daily five and five challenge. I mean, that's really the challenge I have for you is just try this for a week, wake up every day, go through these significant um, take on the challenge, you know, don't put it off. It will take some time at first. It may take you, like I said, 20, 30 minutes at first to do this. It may take you 10 minutes to do it the first time. I don't know, but give yourself the challenge to say, I can do this in written form for seven days in a row. And I have yet to have a client, and I hope they're being honest with me, but yet to have a client tell me that that wasn't significantly impactful and it didn't actually change their view of this whole kind of activity that they can rise above and be grateful. And a couple bonuses on this topic as well is this is how I like to start my day, but there's two other tools that I use consistently with clients. One is a list of 25 gratitude building questions. And I'm gonna link to another article that I've written on this topic as well. And it has actually a PDF that you can print off that has 25 gratitude building questions. You can print this off, you can give it away, you can share it with your friends, whatever. But these are some of my favorite questions to build gratitude in my life. And so if I can't quite snap out of it with the daily five and five, the next thing I'm gonna do is just pick out some of these 25 questions, sometimes just randomly, you know, like seven, eight, 12, and write those down in my journal and then write my answer. And these are the kind of questions you can answer again and again and again that relate to being grateful and it can go to that deeper level for you in your life as well. And then another tool is I'm big on life balance. And by the way, if you sign up for my my uh, newsletter at decideyourlegacy.com, www.decideyourlegacy.com, you're gonna get 12 life balance tips. And you're also gonna get a great PDF on overcoming anxiety as well. Or actually, you're gonna, on five days to overpowering anxiety. I believe it's multiple PDFs. Um, and you're gonna get uh, 50 great relationship building questions. I'm big on lists, I'm big on questions. And I give away a lot of free content. I like to give away really valuable free content. Um, but this list you're gonna get linked to in this podcast. And these questions can really go to that very deep level, much deeper. And some days we just have more negativity. But the next tool relates to being balanced. And so I have these seven different categories 
that I like people to reflect upon and try to invest in consistently to have some balance in their life. So you got your health, spiritual, you got friends, family, you got your intellectual development, you got your fun area of your life. But this activity, you look at all seven areas of your life and you list something that you're grateful for in each area of your life. So, and I'm gonna link to this PDF as well in this podcast. It's a life wheel gratitude, and you can just fill in one one thing in that specific part of your life that you're grateful for. So health, for example, what am I grateful for? And so you say, um, I'm grateful for, and this is something we did on Thanksgiving, I'm grateful that I am healthy, you know, that I don't have any major health issues. I mean, I get aches and pains and things like that, but then I write that down very specifically so that I have this one thing I'm grateful for in that part of my life. And it could be an area of your life where you're really struggling. So let's say you're really struggling financially, which is another part of your life, life wheel. And so let's say you have $100,000 in debt and you know, you're you lost your job and and you don't know when you're going to get a new job. You're trying, but you're struggling big time. Okay, so what can you actually list and say you're grateful for in that area of your life? Challenging thing, but maybe you can list down something that, well, um, you're not, you, you have a college degree and a plan, you know, and, and you can actually get a job based on that degree that you have. You may have a lot of debt, but you're grateful the fact that you finished school. And like some other people out there, maybe they're a senior in college and they have more of a struggle thinking about getting a shovel to get out of that debt that they're in. Because then you could even think, well, $100,000, you know, I don't like having this much debt, but I'm glad I don't have I'm glad I don't have more than that, $120,000. And so that's something you can be grateful for. And a lot of times, as I've mentioned in our lives, we need to have people, friends, and family around us that can point out some of the things that we should be grateful for. And they can say, Adam, you know, look at this that's going well in your life. Or look at your daughter. I mean, you're a great dad, Adam. Look at her. And she's really maturing and growing. Or look at this thing that you have to be grateful for that you didn't even see, like your car. You have a great car and it is reliable and there's no problems with it. Not like my car, you know? I mean, my car has a lot of problems. So it's like that kind of thing can be really helpful, but you're looking at those specific parts of your life as well. So take those challenges. So you have the daily five and five. And that's the first thing you do, first thing in the morning, take on that challenge. And you have this 25 gratitude building questions, which I'll link to. And then you also have this list of life wheel gratitude. So different areas of your life, what am I grateful for? In closing, this is my 18th podcast. Man, I can't believe it. We started in May and you can go back and listen to some of these as well. I would love for you to subscribe to my podcast, to the Decide Your Legacy podcast if you have not. Give me a review. It's on Apple and it's on Spotify and other places that you might listen to podcasts as well. And that's just a great, you'll be notified when something new comes out like this as well. Love to have that. Love to have the review. It makes a huge difference for me to have more reviews on there because it gets more people interested. People look at those things. They look at what you say. They look at the feedback that you get. I'm in the mental health category, actually, I believe, on Apple and probably on Spotify as well. So you can subscribe. Please subscribe to the newsletter at decideyourlegacy.com. Like I said, I'm taking off the month of December to work on a product I'm super excited about, the Being Prepared course, how to be prepared, prepared to handle stress, anxiety, life transitions, things that come your way. So people that go through this course, they're gonna have some really great tools 
tools and it's gonna be just the best of the best stuff. I'm gonna help people to go dig deeper on relationships, because that deals with stress. Dig deeper on a lot of this stuff related to gratitude. I have three healthy thinking skills that I teach every client that I'm gonna go into depth into explaining in this course. And you can talk, like I said, it's gonna be basic stuff you can go through with a friend. It's stuff that can help your kids. But be on the lookout for this course. It'll be a great opportunity to dig deeper into this content. You're only gonna get those that information when you subscribe to my newsletter at decideyourlegacy.com. Thanks for tuning in. If anything really resonated today, apply it right away. Do something, make a decision, take that next step. I ask every client at every in it, at the end of every group and and counts and coaching session is, you know, what was the most useful thing from today? And then they tell me what that is. I even like to have them write it down. And then what are you going to do about it? So what action are you going to take to apply this? And they commit. Commitment means more than just saying you're going to do something. It actually means saying no matter what, unless some significant circumstance changes, I'm going to do this thing that I'm saying I'm going to actually do. Commitment is more than just making a decision. It's, it's going in that direction. It's moving in that direction. Make a decision. You decide your legacy. Nobody else. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.